all know washing our hands helps stop the spread of coronavirus. But did you know many of us don't wash our hands the right way? Doing it right is simple and effective, and it only takes 20 seconds. Here's how. Put your hands under clean running water and soap up, create a lather, and then wash up, all the way up to your elbows. Scrub the backs of your hands, between your fingers, under your fingernails for a full 20 seconds. That's singing the happy birthday song out loud, twice. Then rinse your hands thoroughly. Dry them, not with a towel, but paper towels or an automatic air dryer. Use a towel to turn off the water. And if you don't have access to soap and water, use a hand sanitizer made of at least 60% alcohol. Cover all areas of your hand and rub together until dry. Lastly, do not touch your eyes, nose, or mouth with unwashed hands. Be safe, be smart, and do your part. Wash your hands a lot. Text COVID to 692692 for real-time updates or visit nyc.gov coronavirus.
go, go, go. Are you hear me now? You hear me now? You hear me now? You hear me now? Okay. My apologies. My apologies. Okay. We're back. <laughs> My guest is in the lobby shaking her head. Y'all were reading my lips. Well, it's good to know that y'all know how to read lips. It's awesome to know that y'all know how to read lips. Uh, I have some hardcore fans. Thank you very much, guys. Aureli and Beverly and all the rest of the crew locked in. Uh, Princess uh, Nistati, um, Zarina, Bonsoir. Good morning. Good night. It's morning somewhere in the world. It's evening. It's 6.07 p.m in the nature island of the world, Dominica. And I have an awesome guest here with you. I wanna say big up to the folks out there on Digicel, locked in on the Digicel platform in over 30 countries around the world. Big up to you guys if you're tuned in. Thank you so very much uh, for tuning in and for, for locking on via the Play Go app or wherever you choose to view this show. Um, we have folks on Facebook, we have folks on YouTube, and I'm so glad to have you guys here with me for another Kakoti. Okay, Angie, okay, I get it, Angie, my bad. You have your name as princess. You don't know to call me princess. Okay, teacher Angie. <laughs> yes, they're coming through. Drop your flag, let me know where you're locked in from. I appreciate all of the love, and thank you very much to all those of you who've tuned in to the show it is going to be a great show i have an amazing individual on with me um she's someone i look up to tremendously she is a hell of a woman let me tell you and she's going to be coming on i think this is the perfect time to have her on uh you know this was a long time overdue but what she's here she's been on other shows with me if you follow me every single where that I go. Um, but today it's about her story and I'm so excited to uh, have her on with me. I I mean, she comes from a lovely family. I know her sisters. As a matter of fact, I call one of her sisters mommy. And you know, because people used to tell me when I had my bald head that I looked like her. Um, and she has another lovely sister um, out um, in, um, that's Natalie, you know, I, I, I mean, I know all them all. So, so I am just so happy to, to, oh, and she has another one too, um, at Gentle Rest. Oh my God. Like I can't keep up with them. We're going to be talking to her a little bit. She has like a lot. Yes, yeah, she is indeed a boss lady. Shed a life. I don't think I have to tell her that, right? Like we don't, we don't need, we don't need to do this drill, right? I mean, the regulars, the top fans on the Let's see you share the live, share the live to the top fans because we got to bring those people in. And if you don't like to share live, but you like to tag, tag 10 friends and make sure you invite them on the show. I think all, every single woman and man can benefit from this uh, show today. I have been looking forward. I mean, I've gotten so many bites of her life at different points in time, you know, and it's just, it'll just be good to put everything in one on Kakoti, everything in one on Kakoti, and I'm excited to have her on. I met her back when I worked. The first time I met her was actually when I worked at Q95, and I remember she came on radio and she was promoting her um, phenomenal Caribbean Woman Symposium, and she was like, "So I just want to invite everyone to come to the show and make sure you 
register and she had so much energy so i was like who is this lady on on there and then when she came downstairs i remember you know she coming to the office introducing herself it was the first time i was meeting her she probably doesn't even remember that and she was so warm so sweet you know and so um positive you know like i have you if you've ever ran into dr valda henry and she's not been smiling i mean that would be the day that'd be the end of the that would be the end of the world but anytime you run into her she she she's she decides to be called valda henry but she has the dr and she went to school for that ish so we got to give her a big ups right she put in the work right when you put in the work you have to definitely acknowledge uh dr valda henry is going to well she's the incoming first female deputy governor for the eastern caribbean central Yeah, that is a kind of big titles out of dominica i mean so many awesome things come out of dominica i see things but people come out of dominica and when i tell you we underestimate our people what they say a man is never appreciated in his own homeland or there's a there's a saying but we underestimate our people so much and we need to give recognition we need to acknowledge our people because when they're gone they're gone and listen when they're gone when they have to come back they have to put on those big dollars yeah where she going so you know now when you have to have go to youth youth series or you have to go to men's symposium or you have to go to wealth symposium all of that she had you know you got to put on those big guns now because next i suspect the next one probably in a year or so will be like a thousand dollars to enter because celebrity stuff right so i am so excited to have her only tag everybody only share the live to have her on with me this evening and without wasting any time i see folks from eccb are logging on eccb folks are logging on oh my god they get the news the story is out <laughs> right big up to the eccb crew i actually got like dms the eccb crowd in st kitts that's locked in big up to you you're going to get a new boss lady and let me tell y'all you're getting a specimen i'm telling you specimen like some th that's not good jeans that's good dress pants right and we're gonna welcome dr valda henry first time on faculty what's up dr valda henry i am wonderful y'all i'm wonderful how are you doing i am wonderful i've heard you for your wonderful introductions and i am great this saturday afternoon and it's not all so the happy evening. Having you. so happy you're looking nice and bright and orange boy you're looking at pink peeling according to um yes, according um, my buttercup. <laughs> my buttercup, right? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, to me, but mommy, what is it? It's a special thing you're going, man. I find you you're well dressing up there tonight. What is happening? That's not official. Like you kind of might turn it down. Uh, he doesn't want me to be dressed up too much. He don't want people to see me. He says, you know, you have to tone it down. <laughs> we are definitely celebrating you this evening. I am so happy. People are coming on. Gordon Luke is saying congrats, Dr. Henry. Um, Amanda Scotland, we should celebrate her. She did. Oh, Amanda so well. I would so well if Amanda series when she was at NBD. Fantastic, fantastic human person. So many people are coming on and they're bigging you up. Make sure y'all share the live once y'all come in. And uh, we're gonna get right into it. Like I, I don't even want to waste time, and I want to encourage y'all. 
if you have questions, start thinking of your questions, start putting them aside so that when I tell you to ask your questions, you can just shoot so we can get the show on the road. Because let me tell you, I'm going to warn you in advance. I have La Powell and I know Dr. Henry have La Powell. So before you know it, <laughs> they're always going to be up. And we want to make sure that we get every single person, you know, on the live tonight. We want to get anyone who wants to interact. We want to make sure that we are able to interact with you. I, I want to start off like I do every single show by letting my guest, Dr. Henry, introduce herself and tell us, who are you? Who is Dr. Valda Henry? Well, I always say I'm a simple, you know, I used to say before, I used to say a simple little girl, but no, I guess I'm no longer a little girl. So I'm a simple person from the village of Maho. I'm the daughter of Elkin and Ilma Henry. I have many, many, many siblings. So I grew up in a very big home, a home full of love and laughter and joy. Um, my mom died when I was six, but I always said my family and even the neighborhoods, my aunts, and Yvonne, my uncle, you know, and the rest of the village, they kind of just surrounded us with so much love that we didn't feel the loss so much. So even when we reflect on our childhood, there is more happiness than there's sadness, though there was sadness. Um, I always say the, I use the eagle as one of my symbols. My, I see my main symbol as a rainbow, you know, giving it's bright and beautiful, but at the same time giving hope, you know, but also the eagle because when I was leaving the Dominican Community High School to go and pursue, that's what I taught, to pursue my first degree, I still have that plaque the students gave me. We cannot hope to solve the eagles if you work with turkeys. And um, yeah, and I still have that little wooden plaque. It's right now on the top of my bookcase uh, in my home. And I remember when I had to do my master's and everywhere I go, I walk with it. My, one of my friends from Bulgaria, Miglena, First, when she came to my room and she saw that, she said, Mother, what are you saying? I said, no, that's what my students gave me. And I've always walked with it, you know. It's like an inspiration to just continue to soar, to, to look, you know, to you cannot be your best. Because what the ego does, it soars above the storm mm -hmm. and it survives the storm. So, yes, it, it faces the storm, but it soars above the storm. And um, I think I've soared over quite a bit of storms. So, yeah, that is it. And Dolly Parton has a song that I really like about an eagle, uh, a sparrow when she's broken and an eagle when she flies. And, and yeah, I can know that song connected with me since I was a child. And yeah, that's it. Just me. You, and you, I'm, I'm a mother um, <laughs> of my little one, Obasi Kenrick Elkin Henry. And the surrogate I see of uh, Mitchell. So yes, a mother. Wow. Um Dr. Henry, I'm going to call you Dr. Henry throughout the show. Right? I mean, we we told, refer to you sometimes. Yes. I want to talk to you as well, but I want to say I'm giving you your accolades. I'm putting it on there, Dr. Henry. The folks at Fresh Market are locked. They're locked in as well. They want to. Market crew, good night, good night, good night. The folks at Fresh Market locked in. Um, we have some exciting news coming up from Fresh Market, but you'll get that in a later announcement. But you are the first female. Well, there's actually it's the third, you're the third deputy yes. governor and the first female. What does that mean to you to be a deputy governor? Well, as I said, even in the interview when they asked, I said I see my role as a deputy governor as providing support to the governor in the furtherance of his vision and that of the bank, working together with the staff to make it happen. So our job and my job is to kind of 
marshal the troops to ensure that the governor's vision and that of the bank gets achieved. I think ultimately that's what it is. But if you look at the job description, the deputy governor is to give leadership to several departments. So the bank has many departments and the governor has some of the departments under his, under his care and the deputy governor has some of his departments. But I, I, it's our role, is my role is really to just support, to provide that support, to provide, as I like to say too, is also like a bouncing place where you can share ideas and we have to work together because I foresee, um, you know, a very solid, healthy working relationship in tune. That doesn't mean we won't have different views on certain matters, but ultimately we have to be on the same path to where it is the bank is heading. And one of the roles that our key roles is to really ensure that the stability of the financial sector, they maintain the stability of the EC dollar. And in so doing, and I love how the governor says it, and our job really is to propel, to advance and to transform the Eastern Caribbean Currency Union. Wow. Let me tell you, like you, you are hashtag goals, like hashtag goals, and you've come a long way. And I want to, I want to congratulate you first of all on your position. But I want to take us back to your childhood days. You speak a little bit about, you know, your in, the, in your introduction about your siblings and your mom passing away when you were young. And I really want to talk about your, your childhood, your fondest childhood memories. Uh, can you share with us some of your the, the, the childhood memories that are, that are dear to you, that resonate with you? I think one of the memories that I have, and it's of my mom. You know, I, my mom died when I was young, and so I don't have big memories. But I have a few memories, and all the memories of my, of my mother are really, you know, strong memories. And one of the memories, I think I've shared that already, I have of my mom. I remember once I... Three things I may be able to free related to my mom. We had a shop, at least it's called the sign of the cane straw. And when you think of it, it may have been one of the first department stores in Dominica because it sold everything, including next to it, we had a bakery. And we had this green street. I can still see that green GE fridge. And I wanted a soft drink. I remember that so well, a little red juicy. And my mom had said no, but she was in the shop serving. And so I decided, I was about free at the time, that I was going to get myself that soft drink. And so I went to get that soft drink, but that fridge had a shock. So it kind of held on to me, you know? And I, I could maybe have died, think of it. And my mother came to my rescue. I remember maybe I was about five and I was on the, going somewhere. And then a bicycle, I, I won't call his name, but I still remember who jammed me on that bicycle. And, um, you know, it took me and it just pitched me into the yard of one of our neighbors who lived like two houses down. And then they had to call my mother, and then she came running, and you know, to carry me home and to um, to, to, to 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 dress my um, my 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 cuts and my bruises. Wow. And then my other memory was when I was about again four, and I was in preschool. I remember that like it was yesterday. And even if I would forget it, my family have repeated it so many times that I I can't. And I don't know. I just got one afternoon. I went back to school. And I was just so, I sat down there and I, I was like, ah, I'm fed up of this one, two buckle my shoe, three, four, shut the door. I could read already. I, I, I'm going over the same thing. I was just like tired. And so I said to the teacher, teacher Joseph, um, that, you know, I wasn't feeling well. And that wasn't the truth at all. And I need to go back home. And so they called someone and they brought me back home. 
Now, when I got home, I told my mother, that's not true. Now I'm very well. I just tired. I want to go to big school. They used to call primary school in those days, big school. And everybody was at big school except me. And my mother said, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, you know, let us go to the school and ask them if they would take me to big school. I want to go to big school. And my, I remember my mother saying this to me. She said, but father, how can I do that? Because we must pass teacher Joseph to get to big school. Mm -hmm. I said to my mother, that's very easy. We will stop into the school. I will tell teacher Joseph that I told a lie and I will apologize, say I'm sorry. And I will also make her promise that I will come to visit her every day from my way from school. I will stop to say hello every day until I leave primary school. And my mother was still hesitant, but I was not having any of it. So eventually we went. And then when we got to the Mao government school, at the time, Mrs. Deloney, that's why Mrs. Deloney was a special place in my heart, Celia Deloney's mom. She was the principal at the time. And when we went, she said, no space. And I said, how do you mean no space? You know, my mother is trying to say, well, Valda, you see? And I'm like, no. So I said, how do you mean no space? I said, but mother, that's not a problem. I have my own chair and my desk, which is true. My father had made for me. at teacher Joseph. So we will just go back down. We will get it and we'll put it somewhere in the classroom. You know? And that's exactly what happened. We went down to get the desk and the chair and voila. I went to um, to primary school. I think so they put me in, I think it was standard one and standard two. I was put placed in standard two. And um, yeah, that's it. You have... You have the crowd laughing, like everybody is, is, is falling, rolling on the floor laughing because yeah, was, a funny story. So you made sure you got to big school at age four. Yeah, I did. And I, I think I have had that, Eliud, my brother, you know, his excellency, he always says that about he does, he calls me Queen of Alda, you know? And he's like, you know, like when I make up my mind about something, I almost always pursue it to the end. I give up only when I have explored every avenue and then i determined to myself that's not what the lord's will and then i let it go but i will pursue something same way when i got to high school or the teachers nuns were saying i was too young and let me stay for another year i was nagging at the time and i was like no i'm going i'm passed because everybody thought i'd get a scholarship and i got a pass so that was like a shock in the village it was a shock in the school the principal wanted to call the ministry of education to ask for a remark of my papers and i'm like that's not necessary i, I couldn't see the big deal in that to be quite honest Mm -hmm. And as far as I was concerned, I had passed and I was going to high school. And the nuns were like, I was young, let me stay for another time because I had how many chances and I was having absolutely none of it. And voila, I ended up going to convent high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my father even came one time and said, okay, because they kept saying no. My father go to grammar school with my sister Catherine and Joseph, my two sisters who already were at grammar school, told my sisters. I was like, uh-uh, I will meet them at the crossroad. I always said I was going to convent. Grammar school was never part of my little plan, and I'm not going to go now. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, no. you, you always talk. You always talk about your sisters. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about the relationship, the bond uh, between you and your sisters. Well, I think our bond is really tight, and I talk about my sisters, but also my brothers. My mother, I had my father had many of us, but my mother had eleven of us, and I'm the last of the eleven. And so we call it the younger sisters because we were like the older ones. Are the, like my first one is a sister. My mother's first child is my sister, Connie. Well, my first one is Julie, but Julie passed. Um, so Connie, after Connie is my brother, Mayo. Then my sister, Cleopatra. Oh, no, Cleopatra. Then Mayo. Then Clement. Then Edgar. So there were two girls. 
Then there were three boys. And then there's the last four of us now, you know? Um, three of my siblings on my mother's side died. Nora died when I was a baby, so I don't remember Nora at all. I just had no stories of Nora. Um, my brother, Julie, died when I was five, the year before my mom. I remember that like it was yesterday. Um, we had gone back to school in the afternoon, and then they called to say we need to go back down because my brother, Julie, had died because he had gone to take a rest after he had his lunch, and my mother had to wake him up, and then they went to wake him up. Um, he wouldn't get up. And I remember when we got there, they were asking us to jump over his body so we could get his bravery. And I was like, uh-uh, I'm not doing this. So I did not jump. I said, nope, nope, nope. I don't need nobody bravery. I am not doing this. So I did not jump over that dead body. I mean, it's not even funny. It's not even funny, but the way you're saying it. Yeah. I, I, and, and then that's, that's me. That's my brother, Julian. And my brother, Clement, died in 1987. I was at at UE, I was in my second year um, when he died um, in an accident. And so, yeah, so that's us. So we have the, the older sisters who like our parents, you know, like our mother, because, you know, they kind of just, Connie and Cleo just kind of took over the role of our mother. And so they, they, you know, they cared for us as that, you know, and when you think of it, as you get older, you realize the sacrifices they made. But as we always speak among ourselves, the sacrifices they made without complaining, I mean, Connie came back in 1975, the same year I was going to university, um, to high school. And you're young and bright, still in her 20s. But then she took on the responsibility of all her mother's children, the rest of us. You know, and when you think now of it, you say, my God. And then so whenever I talk about that story, I always have to talk about His Excellency William. Because at the time, they were not yet married, but they were, um, you know, going out, boyfriend and girlfriend. And even while she was studying, he... And Julius, I remember him. Julius, what is Julius' name? I don't remember. Julius used to go out with my sister Cleopatra, but they broke up many moons ago. But that didn't stop Julius and Elio, who every holiday would come to get us to make to take us to the picnics and so forth. Elio was a cooperative officer, and I told people I got to know a lot of Dominica because whenever he went to do his little cooperative work, you know, off along, you know, we they went. And then even after they got married, there was a point all four of the younger sisters. Afinia, who is the eldest of the of the young last four, Josephine, who is the one at Gentry, who owns Gentry's Funeral Services, my sister Catherine, who is in the US and I. There was a time all four of us lived with them in the old, early years of marriage. And when you think of that, and yet there was no time where we felt that we were burdens. And I, that is something for me. I, in fact, when we speak about it, I treasure always um, that. And then, so that's my oldest and my brothers. I remember my mother died. Um, my sister was still away studying, and my sister Cleo left that year. She didn't want to go, but my father insisted she had to go. And my and my aunts, my father's sisters, and nurse who was a nurse, and we called her nurse, and Auntie May, that is Roy Schillingford's mom, Auntie May, they lived in Massac next to each other, and so they took us. So three of us went to Auntie Nurse, who had no children of her own, and Josephine went to Auntie May. And because they felt, you know, my mother, my father, and they left the boys with my father. Um, the three boys of my father. And then, but my brother Edgar came back for us. Maybe my mother died in May when school was opening. We went up to Massac, maybe around the October, November, and they came back and he said, no, they didn't want us separated and they would take care of us and they would be good brothers, you know, and, and they did. And so we went back to live in Mao, uh, with all of us, uh, with my father. And, and then along that way, you know, we had very good people took care of us. And one of the persons was Shirley, who was going out with my father at the time, but Shirley took very good care of us. And, you know, to this day, 
We have a very tight relationship with Shirley, we call her mama, and um, things like that. So, and then again, I cannot talk about my childhood without my, my mother's siblings um, who lived in Maho, Auntie Foni, Uncle Asinol, Uncle Tum, these three, and there was Uncle Gudo, but Uncle Gudo was a little kind of um, very close. He's only in his older years that he, you know, he would like mingle and talk, but those three, I mean, I always said they didn't have much to give, but the love that they gave. Uncle Gudo, I was a, a Tum was a fisherman, so there's no way Uncle Tum came out from that sea without bringing fish. And Tivoni used to work for uh, Mr. Green, and when she come down, whether whatever was in season, whether it was mangoes, it was pears, it was this, it was that, you know. And they surrounded us, they and their children. So my cousins, we are still so close to my cousins, Daniel and Tiglo, and so. And even if you know from the only vagaries of life, these. There's this remain. I that I can never forget that love. I tell you, as a child, you know, we used to go to the Belfast River, you know, to bathe and you know, hang out. And there used to be all these salmon. Sure, don't pong salmons anymore. No, you know, they, don't, they don't lie. They don't you know. And and my cousins, especially Daniel, would never want me to pong it because they didn't want me to stain my clothes or pong my hands. So they would put me on a little stone to sit, and they would pong these bottles of salmon to give to me. And I remember once I was like, you know, I wanted to be part of Daniel. Come, what are you doing? Father, go back to sit on that stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they treated, and yeah, so I was really treated with a lot of love. And you were a princess. Yeah. <laughs> it was really special, to be quite honest. And um, I had my own, like, little helper, you know. I used to call her Nina, you know, Elzina um, from Maho. Elzina used to be my, you know. And Rose, Rose passed away. Elzina and Rose, you know. So. You had such a wonderful childhood, and it's always so refreshing to see, you know, or to hear your story, especially when you talk about your siblings. Because, as you know, I'm very close with my siblings as well. So, obviously, whenever I, I see people who, and, and that's not something you find very, very often in a lot of people, people tend to like go, especially after death, you find people fighting, they arguing for these, they quarreling for that. And they split up, they go separate ways. Who vex boss? Who vex who who not who didn't boss loss? You know, and people get very, very um agitated with each other. And it's so wonderful. I mean, even to see the camaraderie between you and your siblings, I've witnessed it, I've witnessed, especially you, Athenia, and um um I've seen you guys together, you know, and the way you guys interact, the way you guys behave, there's so much love, you know, amongst amongst you and and I just really want to commend you guys on on how tight and how how I'm um, loving you guys are with each other because that is so important, you know. It definitely helps you to become the kind of person that you need to be when you know you have a strong family backbone. You know, and it's not just my mother's siblings. You know, I talk first of them, but my father, as I said, had lots of um, other children. But we all grew up also very close, very tight, because my father always said he didn't have half children. So we don't talk about my half-brother and my half-sister, just my sister. So you talk about um, Nafali Samson at um, thing. That's my sister. Mm -hmm. And so my father had about, about four or five children with Nafali's mother. And so Lean, Lean and I are same age. I'm just a few months older. And so Lean and Nafali and Claros and Cabo and Clara and, oh, six and half, um, and Afo, so that is six. And then there is um, four with Shirley, that is Eddie, Harvey, who's at Domlek. Eddie used to be at NEO, but now he's in St. Lucia. Yolanda, who lives in the States, and Earl, who passed away. And there's Paula um, from Warner, my sister. Her husband just passed a few months ago. I ran into Natalie a 
few days ago because we were social distancing. So we were dis I was at the supermarket and we were distant from each other. And I actually I stopped to pick up something and she said to me from a distance, take off the mask for me to make sure you're still pretty. <laughs> I mean that side of our family. Are the, these are the jokers, the comedians, they just oh my god. And then there's my brothers, Ken Kendall and Francis. You know, Kendall is Carlos, you remember some people remember Carla. Carla Henry, who we went for Queen of Queen, yes. 2017, I think it was. Um, that's a father. So, and we are close, we remain close. I mean, every year we have we do family lunch together, um, Christmas, we do we do a we used to do a summer picnic, Christmas lunch, and we used to do New Year's lunch. Now we move New Year's to a picnic, but I mean all of this COVID. I was about to tell you with all of this that's going on now, that was yeah. our events and you know, but we all we do at least four family gatherings with everybody across the board every year. And that has also been what has maintained, I guess, our bond um with each other. I am yeah. I'm, I'm going to get a little a little Bethy, you know, yes. just, just a little Bethy. Because yeah. we're talking about family, right? Yeah. Um we talk in talking about family. You have never been married, and people would probably be surprised to know that you've never been married. So, so um, why did you choose this path, Doctor Henry? <laughs> I have never been married. Should I say I know that I have not been asked to be married, but um, I've never been married. I remember very early as a little boyfriend of mine, and he wanted to marry, and I was like, no. And then my real boyfriend, Brent, he's personal. We met at Kville, and. Brent, the first thing Brent wanted to do was to get married. And I said, but Brent, we are still studying. That makes no sense. So we need to wait. I was, I think I'm always, my sister always said, you know, she thought, you know, we were like too mature. She felt because, you know, we we didn't have the like frivolity of youth um, and because maybe our mom died so early and so on. And I was like, no, that makes no sense. We are still students. We have to finish. Let's graduate. Let's work for a year, two years, save ourselves some money. And then we can do that. However, before all of that grand thing could have happened, Brent found another person along the way, and that didn't come to pass. Though I will say to you, um, he always teased me. And in fact, just a few weeks before he died, he said, you know, you just would not marry me. And he does ask, he did ask me to marry, even subsequently to that. Because mm -hmm. um, we broke up and then we, we kind of reconnected and it just, I just couldn't let that go of what happened. So we just didn't go nowhere with that. And so, no, he just never came to pass. And just before he died, a few years in Dominica, and he come. I said, so, Father, so when, are, when are we getting married? I said, boy, stop taking me for your wizard, you know? And, and, um, yeah, then, and that was interesting because um, I cried so much in the sense that, and I don't know if it was regret or, because, but that day, because I kept saying I had to call him, I had to call him about some matter. And I kept saying, I'll do it tomorrow. And even Martha, who would say to me the night before he died, and I said to her that night before he died, I said, Martha, if you say tomorrow by midday, I have not called Brent. You need to call him and connect me. So she said, so why don't you just call him as you're going home? I said, no, because that night we were having our seventh anniversary lecture of VFing at the Fortune. We were having this um, lecture. We did it as a lecture. And Sibyl, Sibyl him from St. Kitts did it. So I said, you know, I have about less than half an hour to go home, to be able to change to run back, to be on time. And you know me, if I start talking, I will not get finished. And I said, I'll do it the next day. And then the next day, for the first time, I've always been trying to 
They have been harassing me to go on Facebook and I've never been. But I got up that morning and see me on Facebook talking, writing about how successful this was and so forth. And then I look at it, my father called Brent. I said, ah, Brent is that he's at gym now. I'll call him a little later. It was Stephanie Harris who called me, my friend, and she's talking. But I didn't give Stephanie a chance and I'm babbling along about how excited this was. And, and then after, I guess she could take it. She interjected. She says, so, Valda, you don't know. And I was like, no, what? She says, you don't know. So I said, well, okay, what is it? I don't know. I said, what happened? Somebody of my family, Dominica, died and you're calling to tell me? And she's like, no, no, but you really don't. I said, okay, we've established. I don't know. What is it? I don't know, Stephanie. And then she said, Brent. And I said, what happened to Brent? She says, well, they said he died. I said, what? She says, no, no, no. Maybe, they, you know, maybe it's not the truth. So I said, okay, Stephanie, hang up that phone. So I hung up from Stephanie and I called his boss. I called his number, didn't get an answer, so I called his boss. And the man answered the phone crying. So at that point, I knew it was true. And then he said, yes, because he was the one who put his, you know. And, and I was like, wow. You know, so, so that was that. And then, um, yeah. I was asked a second time, and I was like, no, not right. Why you kept saying no? Because some people might say, because you've been, like, we've always known you, at least those of us who know you, we've always known you to be a go-getter, a, a, a career-driven woman. Would you say that it's possibly because you were so focused on your career that you never bothered to pursue that side of life? Or was it just, it is what it is? No, I don't think so because I'm a homemaker. If all of the career, I'm a very, I'm a very home, home body person. I tell you, people, you don't really hear me or see me out. I go home, I go to work, I come back, go to church. My main outing is carnival season with mass camp, and after that, nobody sees or hears me on a social scene. I am, I'm a very, I'm a homemaker. I love to cook. I, I I'm a homemaker. I think it just never happened. It just wasn't, I think, the right time and. I just think that because as a child, always I felt I would not get married. I always kind of had that in I kind of had that sense I would not be married. And I was I was good with that. I had reconciled myself to not being married because and then there was a point I had said, Oh gosh, I'd be a nun, but it's again a little twist, a nun, but I was like, uh, nah, I think I'd want to be married. And I was when I was much younger. And then after I don't know, as I grew older, I don't know why, I had this sense that I would not be married. And then that is why, but I always had this dream that I was a mother, I had a child, but I could never see a father. So my sister Catherine used to always laugh and she used to say, so now tell me how that's going to happen. And that's why, and although when it happened, I didn't see it then, but it was only after reflecting that I saw that Nathan is the child of my dreams. The dream that I had of being a mother and it was always a son. But I could see no father in the picture. And I also asked myself, how could there be no father? And so when I had Brent, I was trying to patch Brent and I with a child. And it just would never come together, you know? Um, and then I had another little boyfriend after Brent. I'm not going to call his name. <laughs> and again, that patching just would not work either, you know? And... And even how Nathan came to be is so strange. I was about to ask you about that. Tell us about that. Give us the tea. Give us the tea. Um, in the sense that I was out, I had gone to a conference, the CFA conference. It was in Boston that year. And I went into a store. I love shoes. I love bags and stuff like that. Well, no, I, I, I don't think since Nathan came along, my, I don't purchase these things as much anymore, you know. 
And I had gone into um, Elizabeth Taylor, something like that. Taylor. I love those nice for shoes, you know. And I bumped into a cousin of mine who I hadn't seen in a long time, Donna, Donna King. And it was her birthday and her husband had taken her out to lunch and then she was just browsing. And then so she went with me, we took me downtown to more stores and we were in one of the stores and I was in high heaven with shoes and bags and I have a trolley full of these things. And then I get a phone call and it's Ava McIntyre, now deceased, may she continue to rest in peace. Yeah. And Ava says, Valda, if you're going to have a child, what would it be? And I said, well, what question is this? She said, no, no, don't have to answer the question. If you are going to have a child, what would it be? I said, I don't know anything the Lord gives me, but I always said that if I had to have children, I'd like my first child to be a boy, a son, because somewhere I've read that, uh, you know, a, a, a mother's womb is blessed if she has a son. So I, if I had to have a, any children, I would love my first child to be a son. She said, well, great, it's a son, a boy it is. She said, what are you talking about? She said, yeah. You know, just this afternoon we got, you know, they got a, a baby and she was wondering where she, who she would call. And then she had to drop something to her brother, Dr. McIntyre, who at the time was opposite my sister, Cleo, I'm Connie. And when she got there, she said, but wait now, Valda. So she asked my sister Connie and Connie said, but Valda isn't there. No, she said, that doesn't matter. Give me the number. And so she called. And she said, he's what, eight months, nine months. And then I, that's all she said. And then I, I stopped and I said, I left the trolley where it was and I headed now to the baby section. Children. And I was like, I'm not sure if it's a big nine months, a small nine months, an average nine months. So I just started buying baby stuff. And shopping. Yes, well, big size, small size, mid average size and so forth. And then when I, I said, but I don't know his name. And I was at this hotel, oh God, what's the name? Um, Mayflower? And, I, and they had this book, their mascot was Kid the dog, and they had all these books that this dog supposedly wrote. And so I said, oh, I'm going to get one for Nathan, I want it photographed, and when he gets older, I'm going to take him back to this place. And I was like, so when I got there, I was like, I don't have his name, I don't know his name. And then she said, I called her back, and she said, I think it's Kenry, but hold on, let me call you back. And then she called back and said, Kenry. So I auto, so that's the only thing autographed with me, fans autographed, Kenny. And then when we, I came down now, I went down now to go and see this baby and so on, I called Eva and I'm from the airport, I get straight to the hospital. And then she says, no, Valda, you can't. I said, you mean I can't? She said, because you know, that's a process. You have to go to court, this, that, that. And so, yes. And so I went and I, at the time, I had to pretend that I came to see another child, you know, just to scope. Because I could no longer just go and ask for this child, which is what I thought I was going to do. And um, when I did, and when I when I saw him, and it's like a self-assured child. He had a little cast in his, in his foot, in one of his legs. I don't remember which one right now. And he was uh, nursing. But he was there like in his own happy world, you know. But I noted that his dressing table was quite bare. So I asked, you know, if I could go. So I go into the canoe and I'm coming back in bags. I've said, no, tell me where you're going with that. That <laughs> a person who ju just happens to have all those things in that, just go back and, and fix that. So I instead I came now with a little teddy bear, which he still has a little teddy bear, you know, and toilet trees and things like that. And then afterwards, uh, maybe a week or so later, we went to court, and um, yeah, that was it. And then Nathan oh, came. So wonderful. People are people are commenting. I just want to 
put up some of the comments. Um, Amanda is saying, she tells her story with such humor. It keeps you good too. Yeah, we all crazy good. We all crazy good. Ed is trying to bring some humor into it. Edward is saying, if you see you call my name is me and you. Oh, Will please, you Edward. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you the joke. If this Eddie, yes, I'm calling his name. So Eddie's always everybody know Eddie. Everybody said his girlfriend, okay? Mm-hmm. So um something. We go on out. Afternoon has a bar, we go on, and then he comes and he comes like hug me and kiss me about his thing. And Nathan is like, What was that? What's that? So Nathan is like, get away. So like, oh, I'm my son. He said, No, 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 I'm not your son. I know. She's not your girlfriend, she's not your wife, she's not any such thing. So every string, and my child was dead serious, he was having none of this. <laughs> so there's a running joke that, you, that Eddie is your, is, your, is your other boyfriend. That yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we, have, just, we have some more. Um, Tracy said, I love Valda Henry. Yes, I know Chris Trace from that one. The one who I'm sure has, you probably yes, know. One is, spoke at our um your wealth the wealth yeah you know and she was excellent she was excellent she was excellent sorry yes. so lessons lots of folks are, are coming on and we we're continuing to to speak here with uh, dr valva henry who is uh she's the incoming uh deputy uh governor for the ECCB, and we're so excited to have her have her here with us. I, I want to talk a little bit about your your, your schooling, your school days, um, especially how you managed to go from your bachelor's, your master's, to your PhD. What what was your process like, or what was the process like for you? Because you know, for, for Caribbean students, or some a lot of times we depend on scholarships or we depend on our parents going for loans and then even when you when you get to your bachelor's you have to work extremely hard so you can get that scholarship for that master's and work extremely hard if you're going to go any further what was that like for you well you know deep down i always knew i was going to have a phd i just knew that um there's a story my sister connie would repeat it often that when she was studying i was about five or six i had written and she had that letter for many years and after she graduated, I had written her letter to tell her I was studying my work so serious so I could get to university like her, you know, to be to university. But you see, we raised up in a house where education was valued. So my father always said to us, and at the time he had a little wealth and it's a good thing, you know, he said that. He used to say to us, whatever he has belongs to him. He could do whatever he wanted with it. He could give it away, he could throw it. And he wanted nobody going fighting over what is his own because it was a disease. The only thing he was going to give us was an education. And with that, we could do anything, go anywhere, and be anything we wanted. And he you know, also said that, you know, he, in fact, he, my father, always said to me, that's the most brilliant person I, I know in my whole life. Um, he had gotten a scholarship to go to Cambridge, you know, this time. but at the time, your parents had, your family had to pay your way to England, and then when you go there, you got the scholarship. And his family could not afford, and so that's how he never went. And I think that is where, why I think my father valued education so much. But my father was very learned. So although he never got to university, my father was one of the most learned persons. I know one of the best orators or the best orator ever. I mean, a lot of people will talk to you, tell you old stories. People say, I remind them of my father, but I cannot be, I'm not half as good as my father um, was. And so we grew up in a house where we had, we grew up with books. So even my nieces will tell you, 
And one time, Anya, my niece, had said to me, Auntie, they have gifts other than books. Now you can give to children. Because whether it was Christmas, birthdays, whatever it is, a gift was a book, all kinds of books, you know. And because we had all kinds of books. We actually even ran a, a library from our home for the village in Malawi. Um, because, and we had all sorts of games and board games and so on. So I went to, as I said, Mao school, convent high school, and I went to sixth form. Two of the best years of my life continues to be that. And then I got a scholarship for, a part scholarship for UWE, to go to UWE, 1985, 1988, to do my first degree in management studies. I took a loan. My father signed off on that loan for the other half because at the time, the CEDAR, the Canadian International Development Agency, gave the scholarships. So they paid half of the tuition and all of your board and lodge, but your government was supposed to pay the other half. But Ms. Sharks, who was the Prime Minister at the time, said she didn't have any such money for that. And so if we wanted to go, we had to find our half, which is what we did. And so we went to, I went to UWE, 85 to 88. I graduated UWE with first class honors. I was the first first class in management studies at the time, from the time management studies was introduced in the 60s. And I was awarded a scholarship by UWE to read from MPhil leading to a PhD. However, I was bonded and the government said I had to return. And the truth is, I wasn't, I was something in accounting. And although I loved accounting, I wasn't so sure and who was going to be my supervisor. And he really wanted to do it. And Dr. Lane, who at the time had one of the reputations for, I mean, that Dr. Lane was just tough. And so they said I needed to return. And so I came back and Michelle said I would have gone the next year. I ended up staying three years, um, 88 to 91. I ended up staying three years because um, the officer who, they, who had, was on study leave, they thought would return, did not return. The Miss White had left the year I came in, Miss White left. And that is how I was became the coordinator of the administrative reform program. I held that job for three years. In the meantime, I had applied for a Commonwealth scholarship, which I had received, but because a form that should have, my GMAT score that should have been sent up was not sent up deliberately. Um, so they said the next year, and again, here's when I came back. I said, nope, I'm not waiting for next year. I'm not waiting for 92. I'm leaving in 91. And so I'm with my father. I went to the aid bank to apply for a scholarship, um, a scholarship to go and do my master's, and then um, intervened. Mr. Uh, it intervened Mr. Shaw at the time, Mr. Vernon Shaw, former president, His Excellency um, Vernon Shaw, from all reports, was on this committee. And when he saw my name, he said, no, that's impossible. He was the secretary to the cabinet, and the government owes me a scholarship because I was asked to return, and it would have been replaced. So there's no way I could not be. And then by then, most things were closed, you know, and even the scholarship and offer. And it so happened that there was an officer I don't remember her name now, who had gotten a British scholarship to go and do something and she couldn't go. And then Jennifer asked, Miss Jennifer asked her well at the time, the CPO, and Mrs. Jennifer White, who had returned from studying, um, I think the training officer or something like that. And anyway, the two of them, I don't know what they did, their magic. And that British scholarship came to me and I went to do my master's in England at the Manchester Business School. I've said already, uh, people ask me Manchester, why Manchester? I say, I didn't choose Manchester, Manchester chose me because if all of that twala that was going on, 
I um the only place that still had like a opening and it was like a week, a few days, was the Manchester and Business School. And that's where, and if it had to go normal route, I would never have gotten it, most likely. But at the time, Cyril Robinson was doing his dentistry um, in England, close to Manchester. And he and were friends, so he contacted him. And so we sent him everything to him. And then he drove to Manchester to take it on my behalf. Wow. And uh, I got in. So two years, 91, 93, and that was a wonderful experience too. Um, I got to go to India and a few other things. I got to do this internship at Royal Life Estate at the time. It was the largest real estate company in England. I had my, uh, they had given me a vehicle because I had to go out to assess um, the effectiveness of the operations across England. That was just a beautiful assignment. I was based in Newbury and actually Gail Calf um, from Ireland and I, she was also, also had an internship in Newbury and we stayed with Andy Boxy. If you're listening, um yeah that was our landlord we rented our, a room out from him um in, in newbury wonderful little place and so 91 93 that was my master's i came back in 93 i spent two weeks in the ministry of trade as a trade officer and then i left to go to ue to, to lecture i lectured there for one year 93 94 and in 94 i left to go to east cb and i stayed there for four years 94 to 98 as a I left as a senior investment officer, and in 98, I went to do my PhD. Again, a backstory of that PhD, I had applied for Commonwealth Scholarship. And I got a response saying that I was successful, but they had run out of money. So I wrote back and I said, well, that is not helping me. You know? So I'm going to pray that you all find money, not just for me, but for anybody else you have given such a letter. Because telling us we are successful and yet no money, we are not successful. Exactly. In time, while that is happening, and I wrote to these people, I came home because there's a long, um, the August Monday weekend is a longer weekend in St. Kitts because the Monday for culture are my Navy. So the Monday and Tuesdays are holidays. So I came down that weekend and I went to the aid bank. I'm with my father, of course. I tell you anything for education, my father will sign over his whole life. Move on. <laughs> Because I, I was determined I was going to. That's me. I'm determined. So I said, Daddy, that scholarship is doing whatever it is. Well, I need to take a loan. And I remember a good friend of mine saying to me, Father, what are you doing? Why would you take a loan for that? And he said to me then, he said, Father, you don't have a PhD. You can't get a husband. You think you're going to get a husband with a PhD? <laughs> and I said to him, well, my darling, look, it, I didn't get it. I don't have the husband without the page. Trust me, the page is not going to make no difference. Whether I have a husband, I don't have a husband. I am heading out. And he said, but father, you'll never finish. You'll never get a home, own a home. And I said, yes, I will. Maybe later than most people, because I'll have that big loan to pay back. But I will own, by God's grace, I will own a home. And he was so concerned about Back, so when I came back, he always says to me, and to this day, my biggest fan, he said, Father, I'm so proud of you. So proud that you went and what foolishness I spoke to you then. Please forgive me. I said, forgiven from the time you said it, you know. And so I came down and we did all my story for this loan. And when I got back up, going back to work the Wednesday, the first day or that very same day, there was a letter from the Commonwealth Scholarship saying that they had fund, funds and my scholarship would take effect. 
come back. You manifested, you manifested that scholarship. And that's it. I left um, for my PhD in 98 to 2001. And then I've been back in Dominica from the December. Wow, such a beautiful wrong ways with that, but long and short. I told myself I had three years to finish. Um, they give you up to seven years, but I told them no, I was not no young person not in my twenties. I was already in my thirties. And I did not have um more than three years because the scholarship was for three years and it was going to be completed in three years. Amen. You know? And um that was it. And when my supervisor, he was taking his little time to read my thing, and I said to him, listen to me, you are going to have to read this thing. I'm going to get momentarily insane. You are need to read it. And then, you know, bless his little soul and his wife. So after that, my they, they called me, and then they came to pick me up. So I actually went to their home and spent it. While we went over this paper, I stayed at their home. And then I said, listen, that scholarship is ending in end of October. I'm not, if I'm in England beyond October, you are going to have to find the money. I'm not going to write the people to tell them I need an extension. Nope, nope, it's three years they gave and it's three years. And I did not defend until the December, December 20th was my defense. And yes, he had to find the money between to pay for November and December because I determined I was not writing back to the, they would have paid, I'm sure, the common scholarship because I said you should have, you were very busy doing every other thing and so forth. But we remain still good friends, my good supervisor, um, Professor Ian Davidson. And, um, you know, and Ian, I always remember because, and I will always remember because my area wasn't his. And again, I was, and again, when I was at Manchester before I, when I graduated, I took a wrong, uh, I drove around England looking at universities to so where to come back to do my PhD because I, I was also said that I was coming back to England. And when I came to Warwick, I said, okay, that's it. I went to different places, I said, Warwick it is. And so I applied only to Warwick. And then Warwick wrote me and said, well, they couldn't find a supervisor for the topic that I chose. And so they recommended other schools. And I wrote back, I said, no, I'm not interested in other schools. I'm coming to Warwick. I told myself I'm coming to Warwick. So a supervisor will be found. And then maybe about a month later, they wrote me and said, we found a supervisor, person who's willing to do my work. And so I'm offered this place. Wow. It is God, and I'll say why. Because by the time I got accepted and so forth, that young man who just graduated, who said he'd do it, got an offer to go to the US to do some adjunct professorship. And he left. But because they had said yes to me, they couldn't come back and tell me no. Wow. And so when I went in, that's all my supervisor, who's really a finance guru, Professor Davis, me and Davis, an excellent and brilliant, brilliant man. And I was going to do things with social security and pension, not exactly Obi's alley. He was going to futures and derivatives, those see abstract stuff. And he just got then he got stuck with me in essence you know and um, we made it and he said to me and i've never forgotten that and to this day that what happens he says nobody ever got a phd having it in his head their head you just write it doesn't make, whether it makes sense or not you just write and you write whatever comes and then you will edit at least you have something to edit and even today when i come to other things i just write and write and write and then you edit accordingly afterwards you know I hope a lot of young people are listening to this and, and people are sharing this story with a lot of young people because it just goes to show like when you know what you want and you put it out into the world and you say that's what manifesting what you want. Like you, you did not 
back down for one second. You were just like, I am going to get this in that space of time. And if it does not happen, you're going to have to figure it out. But this is the time I have. And this is such an amazing story because you came out of university, you completed, and, and you know, one of the things that you've, you've always spoken about, you know, is finance and wealth management and all of these different things. That, like I've heard you speak about it on countless times and, and the importance of insurance and the importance of saving and the importance of all these different things that you always speak at every event. You were supposed to have your youth series this year. Yes. yes. But I want to have a virtual one. I have recrafted that program to go virtual. <laughs> Uh, my 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 last year series for a while mine but you your series will continue but let me know yeah so so you 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 have the youth series you have the the phenomenal caribbean um woman you have the men's um what is it called again um phenomenal caribbean men symposium yes i added the wealth symposium as well and and you you've always I, I say take a leap of faith every single time you put these together i say a leap of faith because you do it a lot. You do it a lot of times with very little support. When I say support, financial support, and and it's so it's so discouraging. Uh, you know that somebody of your caliber, people would not put respect on you and realize that what you're trying to do is really trying to educate, nurture the minds of young people, of women, and inspire and empower. And people are very reluctant for whatever reason. To, to put money into your, your your events and a lot of times you've had to actually do it on your own. You want to share a little bit about you know why you this why you felt it was necessary to have all of these events that target different um, people and not just different people also wealth management. I'll say to you, Jill, that I for you the first event that I had was the youth series that was in 2007. And the thing that I always say to me, if you ask me what's my vocation, I'll tell you my vocation is to teach. And so I, and I'm very passionate about young people. And then, you know, you, around the time, you had all these stories of these young children over and over. The same story repeats itself. You know, one of those little sex scandals. And somehow it's always the girls' faces that I get shown. And, you know, it, it keeps hap was happening. And that year, we had a bit of that. And I said, you know, the core of that, part of the core, there are many reasons, but... One of the fundamental um, reasons, I believe, is a lack of self-esteem and self-confidence, not sure of their value. And so because if you're not sure of your value and who you are, then it, it's easy to be taken for a ride. It's easy for people to dangle things before you and then for you to think that is valuable and go for it. And so I crafted this youth series on and the theme was, and it remains the same, empowering our youth for better tomorrow and it is anchored in self-esteem self-confidence and self-awareness i say in youth series we don't do any maths any english any geography no whole year they were doing that and there are lots of other programs where they can go and do that no one year one of our volunteers was a maths wizard um shagan john and the children wanted him and he taught them so beautifully but generally it is anchored in that and the whole thing is looking at their goodness and that's what i i frame it at we start with someone 49 creative you know we're here for purpose called by our names all of that and we anchor it on that self-esteem and then we do things hoping if peer pressure so those are the kind of things and every year we do a little sub theme with what's happening but always that core remains so to strengthen 
at their sense of who this awareness of who they are their sense of self and their worth mm -hmm. and, and so for me that was important and i mean i remember some years my staff would say you know because we made no money on this people think i make money i see some comments people write on facebook and i remember one year there was some persons actively telling people do not come to my events because it's all about money for me and so forth if they would know the truth i make no money on these things i actually carry these things and my staff was saying because there was a time you know our finances were like tight and they're like drop this drop this and i was like I remember, no. I remember that year um because i remember you were even going to cancel because you had started running your ads on radio yeah. and you called me to say jail i think i'm going to have to put it on pause yeah and i, I was like no you know we will find a way and then i came up with a little idea and i said <laughs> um persons and i came back on the radio and i said you know farmers bring me what you have we'll take what you have and then we got parents to come to cook to do this to do that and that was one of the most fantastic ones and we carried that and then over time we got two key sponsors for your series who i really must highlight we've got other persons help us but our main sponsors the national bank of dominica and generous funeral services and over the years they have maintained their commitment and so wherever the shortfalls are they cover and so we have been able to run the youth series covid no covid because of the support um given by those two main companies and then of course we have other companies who on the last day we do um this family gathering and we at no cost to the families and we tell them come and bond with your children come on the hike we always did a hike come on the hike and then we ended up with a picnic and so forth. And we had companies who came on board, just like Jasta and some company. Again, that's another company I can always, I always get a little support from. Um, whether it was Giselle, Jenny, always. Um, Ahmad, because Ahmad is his name. Ahmad, Imad. Imad, yes. Because Imad oh. came to one of my conferences and they said he fell in love with me there, you know? And so even when he was the marketing person, he would yeah. support like the support, you know. Um, Springfield Trade in Belfast Estate, um, Fine Foods, you know, those are the companies you could always kind of depend on. And some years, it has dwindled over the years, and I guess things have gotten tighter, but they would have provided that support. So that was our youth series. The phenomenal Caribbean women and men came out from an incident. It was reported that when uprising shows in her 50th anniversary, 50th birthday, and she had invited her 50 best friend. And they were sailing and they had said their her, her yacht had docked outside on the bayfront and the ministry of of ndc people at the time came running bearing gifts and it was reported that she rebuffed their idea their gifts and then they set sail and they disappeared and when i heard that story i said look at this eh? so many of us look up to opera you know at my opera and so on and i said i wonder if it was a caribbean person who had come whether they would have gone rolling bearing gifts or instead would have said, oh, she chose not to tell us she was coming and not go. And I said, right within our homes, our villages, our countries, our region, we have people who have made such significant impact in the lives of others. And yes, Oprah, but she doesn't care about us. We listen, we get inspired. So why don't we stop and celebrate ourselves, our own? And there's something you said, which is true. A prophet really has no honor in his home. And we don't celebrate enough our own people. And so that is how that you've seen that phenomenal Caribbean women and men, the idea came up. 
And I remember when, and even the theme, Arlene John was the one I had called to do. You know, I said to her, we need candles and I need, you know, stuff, you know, for that, I, and the tokens. And then she says, what do I put in them? What is the theme? And I said, oh, I have no thought of a theme. And I was facilitating a workshop at Garrow Hotel at the time. I said, give me when I go on break, I will give that a little thought and I'll come back to you. And Garraway has a little front, you know, when you come through the um, lobby, if you continue straight, you come like into this open space, like a little garden, you know, where they had like a little fronds and stuff there and some chairs and benches. And I sat there and I said, God, I need a theme. And I maybe sat there for a good few minutes and then this little theme came. Whatever you conceive, you can achieve because God has the power to deliver what he promises. And that became the theme, remains the theme. But again, we have sub-themes, but that's it. This year, our sub-theme was what? Growth, enlargement, and restoration was our sub-theme. And it looked like it fell on me. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was that, and that came on. And so we've been doing that. And then the idea of the web symposium, um, when on last year, VFing 15th anniversary fell on a Sunday, and I went to Mass. And when I was from Mass and I'm opening my door to get back home, to get back in my home, a thought just hits me and say, wait, but Father, next year you'll be 15. The FN will be 15. I can't go unannounced. 15 has to be celebrated. What are you going to do differently? And as I'm walking from my home, the idea came, you need to do a well symposium. And I went straight to my study, put on my computer, and I started just typing and typing and typing. And then when I was through that, I said, but with HR is what is my strength, what do I do now? We have symposium and not HR. So I'll do an HR too, and then I started typing up for the HR too. And when I was finished with that, it was maybe almost midnight. And then I sent out two emails, one to the governor, Timothy Antoine, and one to my friend Eric Gishad of Gravitas. No, I think Orange One, I'm based in Washington. And I said to them, this is what came up, this is the idea, what do you think, and so forth. And when I got up that Monday morning, by 6 a.m., both had responded positively that they would support this. Wow. Um, Governor had said, no, the HR, um, was itself hosting HR, so he'd have to clear that one with his HR team, but he could say definitely for the web symposium. And so I started making doing my plan and then COVID came, we put that on hold a bit. But while during COVID, I stayed and finalized that stuff. I thought of the topics, I thought of speakers, possible speakers. I started contacting the speakers and so on, all during the COVID lockdown. And then one of the persons who I, and I started sending, I sent out like a, 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 a marketing brief to companies saying to them, save the date. And one person, when she saw it, she called me back and she said, that's excellent. And you know, she thinks I should contact Caribbean Association of Bankers. And then we were having discussions and it was yes, and then kind of stalled along the way. And so my anniversary came and then there was nothing and I said, no, I cannot have it. So that's when I did the small business forum. Mm -hmm. And then I sat like thought, and I said, but Valda, I sat on one day and I said, but Valda, since when uh, you depended on people to do your things, you are cause of just doing your story, how is that? You allowed a collaboration that didn't come through to stall your stuff. So I said, okay, well, symposium is back on the, on the calendar, both things. And I started putting together with them and I started to say, you know, now it's maybe not convenient, maybe another time. And so, you know, 
wonderful. And she said, call back me to see you. And she says, no, Amanda, I really want. And you know, we had a nice good conversation. But I said, no, I'm going ahead with that. And you can support by promoting it and so on. But I'll go ahead with that and maybe along the way you can come along. And that's how we did it. Um, and then I started getting speakers. I tried to ask for one and then Vance Lieber contacted me about this. Um, some his friends were like, he was speaking to me about something. So I contacted him and asked him if he wanted to speak Owen, Owen Pa and the others. And before I knew it, I had a, if I say so, you had a, and that's important. And then I was thinking one and I said, but wait, I need a young person. Interestingly, just the day before that thought, I had gone on LinkedIn and I saw something that Luan, Luan I didn't know of her before. Um, I saw something that some finance focus. Finance focus. And I said, oh. And then I'm talking to my team, you know, Christiana Paul, who's like our, our marketing intern who has just done wonders with us on social media. And I was saying to them, but that's one thing I involve all my staff and everybody into things so that they are part of, of it. And I said, you know, I think I need a young person. And then she says, well, there's Luan. And she had her contact details. And I said, yeah, it's interesting that you'd say that. Because just yesterday, I bumped into her, her thing on LinkedIn, her, her finance focus on a, one of the presentation. And she came to mind. And then we contacted her and she said yes and so forth. And then along the way, while we were going along, Clem sent to me Clementina Fana um, that she saw that she had only now seen it and so forth and so on. And I said, yes, I'll squeeze along. And I just adjusted. I shortened somebody's time to give her a little space so she could um, come to do her presentation, which was also wonderful. And that symposium, when I was going home at night of this last day of that symposium, all I could think was that, and I didn't go back like that, my phone died on me. Was that the persons who did not attend that symposium are poorer for it because the, 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 the facilitators they took these presentations and the topics from such different angles, anchored it, and then you recognize that where it is that even in terms of your own personal spending on your own personal relationship with money, and so you had to revisit and. And, and I just felt that is something, and perhaps said to an extent, I'm ever so often, you know, and a lot of people are calling to first to buy it. Maybe we'll put little tidbits along a VF YouTube page or Facebook page to give persons that opportunity um, to look at it. And even when I speak to, to Luan and even Clem, I have said to them one of the things I want to do is to be able to use that even in terms of the youth series mm -hmm. uh, as a presentation. Because if from very early you introduce, um, persons, young people to money and the value of money and how to recognize it, then you'll find that we'll have a, a generation who is more astute and who's more prudent in their spendings and more prudent. And so we won't have all that stresses because one of the biggest stresses is, is fair finance. You know, I tell people for me, I always say, if you don't have financial independence, you have no independence at all. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I, I was following your stuff like in terms of that, because I want, actually wanted to attend, but I, I was still in school. Yeah. And I'm like, I wanted, because from the, from the time I saw, when I saw the list of people, I was like, but where she does get people now? It's like. <laughs> well, me, I just, obviously, but I don't know. I think I just call you. And I say what it is I want. I didn't know when Pan people um, oh said, and even there's this man from Jamaica. I remember his name, but my good friend, Dale Pilgrim, Again, I met them. I called my girlfriend. You would not believe we've never met each other in person. But last year, I bumped upon this advertisement for this HR conference. 
and I signed up. And that was going to be one of the best decisions of my COVID year. And they have this continued network and a, a network for HR persons in the region. And I all think all HR professionals should be part of this. And, you know, we just connected. Our spirit just connected. And so when I was doing this and I was like, I still need another speaker for something. She said, okay, I know someone. Let me see if I can connect him. And she, she spoke to him. He said, yes, I called him up. We had a conversation, said yes. And we went along. And you know, she was also so instrumental, even in my preparation um, for this position, because she said, I know someone and who works at the Bank of Jamaica. And she connected us. And again, it just panned out. Well, a lot of people are commenting. Lisa is saying that she missed the Wealth Symposium. We were actually at the, um, the phenomenal. Um, Caribbean Woman Symposium. Yes, yes, so, so she missed that one, and we hope that you can have it again sometime in the near future. But I, I and I think that's where I'm going to probably lead to because you are the CEO of VF Inc. It's your brainchild, your baby, your brother, and and you're going. You're in the next few days, I should say. You are going to have to move your life from the nature aisle. To send kids. Yes. What's going to happen to VFA? Well, VFA is going to remain. I won't be part of it in terms of me being the face. So I have to do my last live by maybe September, somebody on VFA. But VFA is going to still remain. We have a CEO who's going and she's going to do wonders. I will announce the closer to when she's going to take up office, October 1st. Uh, we'll, we'll do the announcement closer to that time. I, I have full confidence in her and in her abilities to be able to continue and expand the work of VFing. I've put together a team. We've always had a team of strategic partners, but I've augmented that team with other persons. Um, we're going to have a business development officer who's going to be able to, to drive business. And Yes, Phenomenal Caribbean Women's Symposium 2022 is on. We have confirmed four of the six speakers already. Um, the Youth Series is going to remain. Um, youth Series 2022, God willing, will take place because we are going to have a Youth Series 2021, a modified one. We're going to go virtual. Um, and I will release this next week. Um, because, if you're not following her, you should follow her. Yeah, I have... I have revamped that program because and you know some of my students were so disappointed because they said you'd have to be the week before and if you had kept it the week before i said yes but a lot of parents had said ask us to change to the following week because the new tongue juvenile football academy program was on and nathan and never were in that program too and i really wanted them to do the two weeks and so we moved but then you know that um we know what is our situation but that's not the problem we go virtual with that i have crafted it i have um, they go, we're going to have um, art and art, um, artists so they learn how to draw, so the parents just have to get the stuff. We're going to make them how to make their hoagies and their pizza. We're going to still do some of the sessions virtually. And of course, our, our core programs remain in terms of self-esteem. And one of the things we do every is in terms of money, NBD hostess thing, you know, and, and they make it so much fun. They do it like Wheel of Fortune. They, every year, NBD shifts that around. And every year that comes up as one of the best programs 
because they bring managing money to the to the level of the children into fun things and i guess they won't be able to get their tokens at the time but i'm sure nbd will give me the tokens so they can come to collect the tokens because nbd is that generous okay <laughs> um, so i will i put them right there on the spot so they can ungenerous themselves but they are <laughs> and piper you know and one of the things she said last year when she came you know and she said you know, Valor, I will support your stuff because always I know it will end well. And um, and, I, and I have to really say that um, for NBD. NBD has truly stood in our corner um, to enable us to um, do some of the things that we do. And when my family, our business, they don't have a choice in the sense that if I call, they don't have a choice. I call, I say, Kondwani, I need X, Y, and Z. I have one year for you series, Kondwani practically provided us with all the food. You know, because um, I needed stuff, you know, and um, and they, they they step in, you know. Afinia, I mean, Afinia did all this cooking for for free. I just provided the ingredients and we pay for the workers. But in terms of a a goulash for catering, no, you know, and that's one of the things they step in. My sister Nafu at Springfield, I call her if I'm stuck. I will call. I see Lanaf. You need to come for, for your sister. She'll give me all kind of stories. I can tell you to say that on some of the things she'll tell me. I can say that there. Yes. I'll just say to her, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's all you're going to pay me, I know you have plenty of that. So just bring it on, you know? <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so so that's how we have been able to um, do what it is we do. And so, yes, VF is going to continue. I, I see VF even thriving. You know, um, Gregor Nassif if at the web symposium had said something. And at the time, I didn't think it because it's interesting. It's the day after Well Symposium. I got the call about this other interview for that Mississippi job. It was, it's just weird. And that's why I said to people, even that is good. And he said, one of the things he said is that he said he can start businesses. You know, he can start and get it going. But after it gets to two years, three years, he has to let it go and give it to other people to manage it and to make it become what it is. And I said, okay, you know, after 15 years, it's time to let go to VF Inc. in the hands of others to make it so. Because 15 years is an adult. And we, I mean, we have a solid reputation um, for quality, for excellence, for integrity. VF Inc. has a solid reputation for that we deliver. And some people, yes, they say we're expensive, but I always say to people, listen, folks, there's different modes of transportation. You can walk, you can take a cab away, you can have a Lexus, you can have a BMW, but you cannot expect Alexa's performance from a, from walking or cab away. It's just not possible. So if you want Alexa's performance, you must be prepared to pay the price. Alexa's price. And one of the things that I have found, and I and sometimes I see it's like a little disrespect, you know. Um, so they, they come and they try to bring you down so low. Uh, but me, I set a fee. That is, that there is yes, there's room for negotiation, but there's a bar. Mm -hmm. And nobody getting me below the bar. If it's the below the bar, we go in. I tell you, thank you very kindly. You I, I, I remember once, you know, there's a client, you know, and I've done work for them before. They were very satisfied. And I come back home to do something. So I said, no, I said, you know what? I pick up my bag. I told myself, it's okay. And I said, that price, I might as well want to take my child to the beach because uh, my child is being neglected. So I just, if it's that, I have to work for I might as well go to the beach and take my child and spend quality time. Exactly. Yeah. So there is a flaw that you and, and, and persons, because even this year somebody did something to me, a client, and I was a little bit annoyed about it. And when I talk about why am I annoyed, I like to always analyze my feelings. 
And I said I was disrespect because the person knows the value. And I always give people more than they pay me for. And that's a fact. You pay me for one thing, I come, I find something else, I just do it. And I don't ask you for more money, which I know other people do. I think and, it's, it's a Caribbean culture. And, and, some, and, you know, they bring and you see that they pay somebody else 20 times more than yours. And they have no difficulty. They pay somebody else. They pay white people. White people or people from outside of the region, even outside, it can be black people to outside of the mm. country. And, and they have no difficulties, but they always, or they, or they will not even come, they say, oh, that value expensive, boy. so they will not even come. But I always say to people, I know my worth. Exactly. I know my worth, and I know I give value for money. I know there's no project I've gone on that someone can say they got less than they paid for. In fact, they, what they will say is that, they need to pay me more because they've not paid me enough for what I've delivered. I only paid you. <laughs> oh, it's true. I get, and then I also do a lot of voluntary work. Yeah. Um, and But you will never even know the difference between my free work and all because I give you the same energy, the same thing. I remember once um, you, we had this program and they wanted me to come to, to teach. And when they lady told me what they were paying, I said to her, no, I'll do it for free. That's my alma mater. I'm going. And she's like, you serious? I said, yeah. So I followed up with her email to confirm that I will do this thing for free. And they couldn't believe it. Even the, the her boss called me and said, I said, yes, I will come and teach for free. I will do it for free. And they call that my give back to my alma mater. And, and that was the first time that had happened to me, though. And when the session was over, and it's mainly a doors. Girl, I tell you, so the people stood up to give, you know, when you finish giving little talks, they'll thank you, they'll go touch them. And a man started crying. And the entire class of about 25 adult students began crying. It was like a wail. The lady comes, the administrator comes running down the corridor and saying, Valda Henry, what have you done? To the people. And then she opens it on here. Am I standing at the front without words, speechless? And, and that entire class crying. Wow. In essence, what they were saying is that they learned not just the topic, it touched them that deeply. Yes. Such that when I was leaving yes. a little envelope and I didn't open it until I got back to the hotel. And in it was a check. That was more than what I would have charged them if I had charged them. Wow. Wow. Gratitude is a must. Yeah. Yes. I, I put your VF Inc. links for people. If you want to follow VF Inc., I, I believe in supporting, you know, so you should, you could go on there and, and yeah. click. So I've put the link on there for those of you who's been there for a little while. And I also want to encourage folks to ask your questions. I see the questions coming in. I put, the, I put up the link earlier on to ask your questions and we have questions coming in. So we don't want to, we don't want to neglect the questions. We want to make sure we get all the questions. And we have the one is asking a question. As a woman in a man's world, what advice would you give young female professionals who aim to bridge the gap and effect change? Well, when I say that, people don't believe me. But you know, I don't even see myself as a woman in a man's world. I just know it's true. I don't even, I don't, I don't know. And I think it's all, and I said that somebody asked me that question. And I, I tell them they'll have to blame my father because my father never 
made us think as lay women we had to do. He just always said, you had to be your best. Mm-hmm. So he didn't differentiate girls and boys. We just had to be. And my father didn't accept anything less than the best from us. Mm-hmm. And so, because he said you could go and, and he said that so many, you could be anything, go anywhere. And he always said to us, the world has enough problems of its own. Don't go and add to it. Go out there. And I say to people, set for yourself goals. What is it you want to achieve? And then set the standards. Because if you don't have standards, anything will do. And so whether you you are man or woman, you will fail. Set yourself high standards. And if you put yourself to the high standards that there is, it, you will work. Because as my father says, and it is, is correct, cream always rises to the top. So for me, what I see when I go out to do anything, I always say to myself, I, well, let me see. The standard I set to myself is world class. That I, I can stand my ground with anybody across this world in my field. And that's Somebody, the standard I set. Somebody else is saying hello. Sheldon Kazimi. Yes, mothers. Thank you, my Sheldon. Such, you know, such a great advice always. No, that's it. So for me, that's what I do. I imagine I always said to you, I said I'm a teacher. But one of the things I said, I don't want to be any teacher, no? I want to be a teacher set apart. And that's why I knew I always was going to do a PhD because that was going to set me apart at the highest level always. And if you set yourself those very high standards, you will find that male, female in between, you will hold your own and you will even maybe tower over those. One of the things I find a lot of young people, when I look at some of their Facebook page, they stop to answer everything somebody throw at them. So somebody say, oh, I don't like that Jael, that's thing, that child is just too much, is just too large, is just da, 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 da. And Jael wants to go and have another whole long life, a whole long story. Oh, oh. Yeah, let me tell you, does, it does scratch me. No. My father used to say to me, when people talk about you, be very happy. It means you're important to them. He said, listen and see. So some of what they say may have some nuggets. Take the nuggets, the rest leave. Don't stop to answer. He said, if you stop to answer, you'll be wasting your time. That is just a diversion to take you off your track. Keep focus on your goals. So one, what is that going to happen? They'll always be a step behind because you're moving forward. And so sometimes my friends will say, I'm foolish, but I'm not foolish. I just choose to not respond to many things. I see people write all kinds of things on my, they say, I'll take it out. I say, no, on my page they come in. Some people are so bold, they come in on your page to say things. Me, I, I, do. Don't respond. I don't even take them out. I leave them right there. It's a I, leave them. I don't delete them. Nobody actually said to me, why don't I delete them? I'm like, delete them for what? I don't delete and I don't answer. I say, you're brave enough. I'm super age, my only You have your own page, right? What you want, but you come on my page. Well, stay there, Dudu. It's all right. I don't have no difficulty with you on that page. You understand? Oh, so, my God. So that's it. So that is why, uh, to compete, set yourself high standards. Read a lot. If you don't read, read a lot. Whatever is your field. One of the things I say for myself in HR, that there's no client who can who should tell me what is in the industry, what is the latest thing. No, I am the one who must guide. How am I going to guide? I must be ahead of the curve. So I read, I attend every conference, morning, no morning, I find it, I make it a priority. And we over the from 2009 from Dominica, I have led a delegation 
of HR. Yes, the numbers are keep dwindling because it's the same set of us. And again, companies, I just put out a plea there for companies. You need to invest more in your people. And if it's one thing COVID showed us, is that we all had to leave all our structures to work remotely. And who made working remotely possible? Your human beings, your HR resource, your people. Who carried the brunt of that and is still carrying the brunt of it? HR and IT. People. Yes. So invest in your people, but I also tell people to invest in yourself. Yes. Don't say it's too expensive to go to something for your own en enrichment. Mm -hmm. So let us take the Wealth Symposium. It was what, $400, I believe it was, or $300. People are like, oh, that is too expensive. How did they couldn't come? They didn't come. Uh -huh. Own self. Those very same people will spend $2,500 on a cannibal costume. Mm -hmm. So you want to tell me for five not expensive? Mm -hmm. So again, it goes back to priorities. But I cannot tell people what their priorities are. And I don't, I don't wish to go there. I'll be totally out of order and out of place. But when you do that, it's not that you cannot afford it. It is what is my priority at the time. And yes, sometimes you get to a point where you really can't afford even a dollar. And that is fine. And that is true. But oftentimes, if we, we tell ourselves we cannot afford things, without even exploring, can I really get it? So me, there is nothing that I want. There is nothing that I, I think is going to lead to my en enrichment that I will not. I went to Singapore once. That's how I got to Singapore. When I had just got into consulting and the balance scorecard was just coming out, Robert Kaplan and them, just coming out of the balance scorecard. And all the big firms in the, in the, around the world had moved to this balance scorecard. And it was becoming something, you know, making these waves come from. So yes, I bought the book and I'm reading. And I saw a little advertisement, although that turned out to be like a, a, a thing. We'll come to that. For about they were giving us software for this. And I said, great. If I can get a software for that, then I can now begin to sell and promote and introduce balance scorecard across my client base. So armed with Joan, at the time I was doing a project with ABI Bank and the HR manager was Joan Underwood. She now has a book and which I wish I had it, I intend to bring it. We should all buy your the HR toolkit. If you are HR, you should have it. If you see CEO, I have started to read it. Joan, I still have a few more pages before I then do my whole review on it. Mm -hmm. And Bernie Roberts who was the CFO. We were, we were in they were on the project and um, together with me, the three of us, I told them, let's be headed out to Singapore. They had a bank that paid for them. I had to pay for my way. The ticket alone was almost fifteen or $18,000 was the, the flight to Singapore. The cost was another how much US of thousands of dollars. In all that trip cost me about $45,000. Wow. And I had just started into my business, but I went. When I got to Singapore, okay, first day I waiting for that software, I'm not seeing it. Okay, I co help myself. Second day I waiting for the software, nothing. So I put up my hand. I said, so when are we going to software? I think oh, it takes time. I'm going to have to teach you how to use it when. They said, oh, no, no, it's coming next day. So I said, next one. They then send out this thing. It's an Excel spreadsheet. I said, when I move all the way to Singapore, $45,000 for Excel spreadsheet. I said, you're crazy. Well, that was at the meeting. And, but again, I enjoyed Singapore. Oh my God, Singapore Airlines is the best airlines. And 
But I took that and I went and I called my nephew, Sekani Williams. Sekani had done some program and he worked for um, Rockefeller for some when they were doing the Iran story. He had done some programs and he did a program for the Medicare thing. I said, that's not if you can do Medicare programming for in America for the whole Medicare system. If you can do a program that holds for a whole ship that doing big wars, it's not a little balance. How can you do know? And he was a um, science major, biomedical technician. I said, Seki, I'm going to get you. But by the time I have time to get it, he bought this rub. You need to go and buy this book. You need to read it, understand it, because you need to develop me a software for this. And that's exactly what happened. Boom, bada, bing, bada, boom. So I said, don't be afraid. Don't, because your investment in you cannot be go wasted. Yeah. And one of the things I tell you, if your people see you investing in you, they will be more willing to invest in you because they see that you are willing to invest in yourself. Because if you are not willing to invest in yourself, why should I want to invest in you? Yeah. You understand? Yeah. And I, mean, I say to people, I've had, yes, I've had horror oh, little stories, but I've had good breaks in my life too. I mean, I tell to people, Mr. Aussie seems I will forever hold dear. Because when I came back from studying in 1988 with my first degree, I never worked in the civil service. They put me in ARP and their stories behind that, but we will not even go down that way. And one of the things, Mr. Sims, and there was um, one of the officers, I won't call her name because she's deceased. So, and she would have to me a time of my life. And he used to say to her, leave the child alone. She's bright. She's... And he gave me wings to fly. Wow. So he gave me boundaries, and within that boundary, I was free to make my decisions. If I wanted to go outside, I had to go back to him. But it, so that is where I learned to begin to make decisions and decisions not just at a small level, at a strategic public service level. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to, well, at you as a teacher, you're, you're always independent because you teach. I mean, I taught at committee high school, I taught at UV. When I went to ECCB too, you know, again, when I joined, again, I knew nothing about finance. I just had an interest. I'd done some finance course, investment office. I didn't have one investment experience, but I was always fascinated with investments. So at the interview, then they asked me what my, what's my experience and why should I be chosen? I said, listen, I have no investment experience. I've not invested one dollar. But what I do know, I've done some finance courses. I have had, I have an interest and an aptitude for the subject. I am a quick learner. I am a fast learner. I am curious. I will read and trust me, in no time, I will have the handle of this thing. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I was, yeah, and that's what I said. And that's what I did. I read, I read, I worked hard. I, 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 until I, there used to be a joke. I think when I went back to ECCB on this assignment, one of the security officers said to me, because they used to say to me, just bring your bed and just stay there because <laughs> Very late, I would be there on a Saturday, maybe later. On a, you know, I, I invested, I did the work. You know, sometimes young people, all they want is about money. They just get a first degree and they think their salary should be $10,000. They've not done, the, they've not walked the path. They kind of two sentences together. No. Dr. Henry, we have, we have another question. I yes. don't want to miss that question. I really think it's important. Uh, so it'll be our final question for the night. And thank you very much, guys, those of you who commented. And don't forget, if you can support the show today, you can donate. You can donate via Patreon. If you want to do a monthly donation, you can donate any amount monthly. If it's a dollar fifty, you want to donate every month towards the show, it will automatically come out every single month. That's at Patreon 
jlcoach.com forward slash jlJoseph, or you can send a donation to PayPal at jlJoseph at jlJoseph.com. Final question of the evening is Lisa Baste asked, there is no manual on life or on an individual's journey to success. Do you think a woman can have it all? I have had to answer that question for myself, but I'd like your perspective and perhaps others would too. Lisa is a person, let me just say that I admire tremendously. No. I didn't know her, but I admired her from a distance. I would follow her posts on Facebook and I just found them always so empowering and so, you know, self shade. Yeah, yes, she has a little shade, but she has some um, gems. Profound, profound statement. It's a person who knows herself. Do we can we have it all? The question is, what is all? You have to determine what is your all. You mean, can you have a husband? Can you have children? Can you have a career? Can you have a social life? Can you have a religious life or so, you know, another? So, yes, you can. But what does it mean? Uh, it's a balance. How do we balance having it all? So at, this, at one point, certain things will have to take priority because it's impossible to give everything equal attention. So at this, what you then have to say is at this stage, what of all of these things, what is the most important for me? I say to people, your family has to remain like your bedrock. It is your constant because that is what is going to shoulder you through the hard times of life. And so always we have to make time to give that, uh, let us say, 40% of our time. And then the other 60 for the other things. And sometimes we have to give, let us say, it's our career. Right now is my career move. Because sometimes that is your move. Mm -hmm. And so some things have to stay back. Maybe the social life have to stay back. So you focus now on the, the career. And then when you have achieved that, you move to the next. And so always it becomes a, what is the priority. And sometimes we don't take enough time to think through what is the important thing for me at this stage? And we just keep going. And what we do, we burn ourselves thin because we're trying to give everything the same attention. But everything cannot have the same attention. I, I think you, you, you're talking to me too. <laughs> it is about focus, focus, prioritize. So put down your little, remember list. we did a little chat? Yes. Of we, where we're spending our time? And then put our next chat where it is we need to spend our time. Mm -hmm. And that will determine our priorities. You know, for me, I mean, at the time I had no children, it was easy to just focus on my education. Um, and I was doing that. But even along doing all of that, and no matter where I go, I find other things I've always, because you see, life cannot just be, you can't just be so tunnel visioned that you miss the other things around you. And one of the things, celebrate you and i think so often that's why we, we fail and especially as women we put ourselves back we think it is uh, it is not it is like a sacrilegious thing to celebrate ourselves and to reward ourselves and so we give everything we have to everybody else and in the end we are left with nothing and then when we are left with nothing we then start to get bitter because we blame we say oh i did that for her i did that for him and no way is the repayment no you can't give all of what you have to everybody you can't you must take care of you first so that you can only, because we can only give what we have. And if all I have is anger, that's all I can give you. If all I have is bitterness, that's what I can give you. But if I have yeah, maybe a little anger here too, and a little bitterness, and a little, but I must have some joy and love and life. We must find joy. You, must, you see me, I celebrate often. More, more to you can celebrate, and I don't need big things. 
You know, people just wait for big things to happen to them. I drive and I get a little parking spot. I say, thank you, Jesus. I'm very thankfulness is another key. You come, you give me something, and I say, it can be a little mango. Yeah, I love mangoes, and you you brought me a mango. Oh my God, Kenips. Oh my God, I don't need big things. Just bring me the little things. That's good enough, you know. And then at our briefing, any little project we do, and we 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 get a project. We have a little celebration. Oh, okay. little thing of glass we have only end of a major project before i used to buy myself big things so i end the project i bought myself a a, a ring with the matching necklace the ring the this the that oh i love jewelry i tell you and since he came up just my priorities have just shifted i will be honest with you my priorities now is to ensure that i say i have enough jewelry i have enough of plenty of those things my priorities to ensure that there is a Nathan has a, his future, his financial future. The, the foundation is established for him. So his life insurance is in place, his education insurance is in place, and there is to be money to help the child. So that is where the focus is. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, I want to thank you. Thank you so much, because I remember years ago, you, you, you spoke to me about, you, you were not speaking to me directly. You were speaking just like you are today. Because today is supposed to be about your life. And here you are giving people so much advice. Things that people should pay for. Yes? Free consult um, consultation at VF Inc. You know, click on the link and get your 15 minutes with Dr. Henry. And you pay for it. You know, that's how it happens now. But I remember you saying to me that... You know how important it was. You, you you spoke about trust fund babies and how trust fund babies are formed. You were randomly speaking, and I remember going back to Canada. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna take that advice. You don't like. You, it's funny. You don't even know. Like a lot of people on the live, and people have stayed on throughout, and they've really they really show an appreciation for the information. Magdalene is saying thank you, uh, Doctor, for such valuable information. Um, Valerie is also asking a question, and I want to encourage if you have any questions, head over to the VF page. She always responds, right? Go and you can send a message. The people, if you have questions on volunteer opportunities, if you have any questions, I said that Valerie, you can definitely reach out, go on the page, follow, like, subscribe, what you need to do, and send your messages through. And, and she or one of her staff. We will definitely reach out and, and help you. And I we're so excited and I want to give you your flowers because I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud. You know, when you, when I see people like you do things, people that I look up to, you know, people I look look at doing such wonderful things because you've blended your family life, your career, and everything in one. And you you make it look so effortless, you know. And I this is one of the things that I want to. To, to aspire to be and the, the path that you walk it might be different from my path but i see such greatness in you um dr henry and i and i, I want to tell you thank you for all the work that you've done for dominican youth all i mean i'm not saying that like as if you go in and you're not passing back but i'm telling you that you know if, if they didn't thank you i want to say thank you on their behalf you know, thank you for all the work that you've done with with all of the different um the different events that you do. You know, and the different things that you do to inspire people. Your volunteer um terrorism work, everything that you do, and we know you're going on to greater and bigger things. And when you come back, 
when we need a consultation, it might be five times the price that it is right now. So, and I'm just telling them that no, I want. I just always want you to take them no when they they at regular price because at least you can when they go and they come back you can say but but doctor Henry you just giving me that price I can't get that price you know like I'm your regular customer you know you get the preferred customer price yes indeed <laughs> I love that you know because I mean. Even when I was doing my studies, you know, the social security institutions were just so generous to me, their time and their resources. So even to this day, any social security who asks for something, they get an automatic 25% of the price. And sometimes we go more because, yes, I, that was for me, my way of always saying thank you back to them. Um, I've, uh, churches, I, I never charge. Uh, there's no church, whatever is the denomination who have ever asked me for something that I have charged. I do all things for churches for free. For I did many lots of work before for the government for free, you know. Um, schools call you to do something, what do you charge them? You know, <laughs> you know and so that's it. So, it, it, so you have to always give back because you know, it's again the Bible. I've all and as a child that has always helped me deposit generosity in your storehouse, it will guard you against so much misfortune. And it is true, as you more generous you are, and it comes back in the Old Testament, New Testament. Give it comes back to you full measure, pros down and running over, you know, shaking together. And it's not just about money, people say that to you in church, but it's about your own life. Because all of us have something we can give, you know, and if we have a talent, we need to, to you know, you use it for us, but also share it with others. And yeah, you know, you had said something, and I intended to interject, say that then, and I didn't. When you talk about leap of faith, in fact, I always said my autobiography, I actually have the ISBN number for that, for my autobiography, which I have not started writing. And it is called Lips of Faith. Lips of faith. Yes, I actually have the ISBN number for that. I got that many moons ago. Um, because I always said if I had to do an autobiography, it would be called Leap of Faith. Because so often I have walked through paths just on faith. You know, I haven't seen, I just, I just get this inclination on this. I say it's my bones, my bones saying I need to go here, I need to do this. And I, say, I say it's my mom. And I said, I said, my bones. Be your mom. <laughs> and you know, my bones are talking to me, and I just sometimes I don't see the pathway at all. And sometimes even on the path, so many obstacles. But if you keep true to the path, it finds out. As you say about your mom, you know, just before that whole process started, these two birds had flown into my bathroom. I actually did a reflection on that, and I have this friend, and I never connected it. But these two birds kept coming back throughout this um, thing. And then when I got the news, this friend said, he said, Paolo, did you see these two birds today? And I said, yes, I did. The two birds were there. He said, you know, I think these are your parents, you know. Um, my mom and my dad, they're not go fast. Um, and these two birds, from the start to the end of the journey, presented themselves. Maybe they were two different birds. I don't think it's the same two birds, but... Um, never know you never know we have all these guardian angels and all the yes, places it is, it is, and especially when you when you you are where you work so hard to get to somewhere or you're working so hard behind the scenes and nobody's seeing the work that you're putting in and then you look for all these um you look for all these signs you know it's like it happens you know like even when you see the same numbers it happens to me a lot or, or just like randomly, like yesterday, you know, I was in the bathroom, I was having a shower, and I, I, I before I went to have a shower, I got an email from like a major producer, you know, 
asking if I'd like to apply for a, a position. And I was like, I was like, why me? You know, like, should I respond? You know, because this is going to take me back and forth between Canada and America. And if I were to get the position, you know, and I'm starting my master's and there's so much, you know, I still have my kids and, you know, like so many things you have to think about. And, you know, you ask for a sign and I just always ask for a sign. <laughs> it's just, and then when it comes, it just, just comes and you just, just know it. And the birds might have been a sign and, and there's so many uh, great things I wish for you. And I wish, I, I, I don't know if you'll come back. I'm sure you'll come back to Dominica. But I, I wish you all the best in your in your journey to send kids. I wish send journey mercies, love and light, you know, to shine your way and let you be the brightest star. And we we, we, we know because y'all are power, we know we're going to hear plenty of good things coming from saying kids. Yeah, yeah. So proud to be a Dominican woman, you know, hashtag goals. Um and and thank you very much for this opportunity i'm telling you all this might be the last interview that she does for free the next y'all gotta pay so, <laughs> <laughs> y'all gotta to put y'all on on, on no dairy but debbie i just want to shout your beverly um black man um yeah we were in school together yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much you know i know it's, it's true it's, it's it's just that and um and one of the other things i say to persons again that opportunity think for it through pray it through and if you decide to go for it claim it from the beginning anything you have not claimed it will not come to pass but once you claim it, it then becomes manifest and just to share two little things before i leave in terms of manifesting and when we in 2017 after hurricane maria i went to St. kids to start an assignment imagine that assignment had to start so long i kept being delayed delayed and then it started at the day of maria i had to go and sign the contract Maria came and so on. So after they said to start, and I said, you know, Nathan, what? asthmatic, and he was asking about school, and I said, you know, maybe now is the right time to leave. I was feeling a little way when I was leaving. I said, oh my God, I'm leaving everybody in, you know, in the Maria rubble, and I'm heading out. But we left, 2017, 2018. And I, Governor did ask me in the January, he called me and said, well, what are you doing? You know, what are your plans? And I said, oh, I'm going back. And he said, going back. I said, yeah, just, I just have... When this contract is over, when this project is over, I'm heading back to Dominica. And, um, you know, because I don't know what it is, but I just feel that I need to go back. Oh, no, I don't really know what I came back for, but anyway, <laughs> what's this thing said? I think you did what you came back for. <laughs> I mean, my said, didn't want to come back. And he says, Mommy, why don't we stay in St. Kate's until I finish high school? And I said, No, Nifi, high school is another how many years you have. We're in grade three, we have three more years to so primary school, another five years. That's eight years, no Nifi. That's a little much. And so we came back. And even when we came back, Nathan kept telling people we're only here for eight weeks. And I was like, Yeah, he said, eight weeks, she's come to fix up the house, and then we're going back. <laughs> and then at some point he comes to me and he says, Mommy, okay, if you don't want to go back, that's fine. Because you know, I've settled back with my friends when I send him back to school. But Nathan, I never was here for eight weeks, I came back. And so when this thing, came, this thing came through, one of the first things that came through when I got the call that I was the selected candidate, I said, boy, look at how Nathan's words are coming back to pass. He manifested that. Nathan will, in fact, because it's a five-year contract, Nathan is entering first from now. It will take us from Nathan's first form to five years. Wow. And, um, you know, manifested itself. So 
So sometimes what we speak out, um, yeah. Words are very powerful. Like people are, when I tell people, when people say, oh, it grows so hard to get parking, not for jail. When I leave my home, I start speaking out and I start saying, I want a parking spot next to that place. And let me tell you, every time, every time without fail, I know yesterday I was like, I want a parking spot next to Fresh Market and I'm coming down and I seen transport on both sides of the road. I said, checking boy. And I, I was doubting myself for a split second. And I said, no, I need a parking spot. If I have to make me wrong again, I don't mind making me wrong again, but I need a parking spot right outside the fresh market. And as I reach right about the two vehicles to cut, to go on the bayfront to go around, a person just decided to slide in. Oh, I just put up my hands and I, and I say, and I reverse and say, when you doubt yourself for this, the inkling, so many little things, you know, you manifest. Yeah, I say that to people all the time. I say that to Nathan all the time, you know, the the words, and that's why he has um in his room I have this um this, this saying, you know, about our words and our words uh it's manifest, you know, words have life. And what you speak, and that's why you have to be careful what we speak for ourselves. Because sometimes we put, are the ones who put curses on ourselves by the things we say. We foolish, I stupid, I broke, I broke. I didn't say those words at all. My friends, oh, laugh, I can have zero money. I cannot, I cannot. My mother used to say, my mother used to say, I'm low on funds at the moment. At the moment, yes, that's it. That's it. Because the truth is you are not broke. Because why do you may not have cash, you have other assets. That no, what she would say was that every time you say you're broke, you're breaking yourself. But it is true. And then the money disappears from you, you know? And so I have a friend who every time she gets a little money, she blesses it, you know? And I swear that is a good practice because she, the kind of things that girl does with little money, it's amazing. Her money never, I tell her that money never finishes in that purse, you know? And so it is, it is, we have to be mindful of what it is we say. But I always say, um, we just have to claim for ourselves what it is. And if you claim it, believe it. Don't claim it and doubt. Claim it and, it and it's yours. Then it manifests itself. The road may be a little difficult and, and, and sometimes people think it's a smooth life, a smooth sailing. I tell people after give you all of my stories, you'll be crying. You know, it's not that, but even amidst, and I think that is one of my strengths and my gifts. No matter what is happening in my life, no matter how good things are going, how bad things are, how terrible it is, because there have been some good years, bad years, and downright horrible years. It doesn't matter. I can still always find something to be joyful about. I can still find something to feed my spirit, you know? And so I go out. I find a rose. I find a, a, something in my garden. I, Nathan tells you, gives you a joke, you know? Yes, they exasperate you, you know, these children. Sometimes you just want to just say, ah. But at the end of the day, they also bring so much joy too. And, and so you have to find something in your spirit. And don't just be so angry at life and angry at things and angry at people. Let go. Some things you don't have to let it go. It doesn't mean you're foolish and silly. But, you know, why carry all that extra baggage? You know, um, there's a song, and I use it often when I do training too. Um, um, People get ready, and I like the Irish of um, Franklin version. Get, there's a train on board, you don't need them baggage, just get on board. 
You know, all you need is faith, is love, you know. Leave all that stuff, you know. And sometimes we carry so much of our past behind with us. We drag it along and in dragging it along, what it does, it weighs us down. Everybody has made a mistake. Don't let anybody fool you. Every person has made a mistake. It may not be your mistake. It may not be as grave as yours, but whatever it is, don't let your mistakes deny you of your future. Amen. Don't. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. You see, I tell all you, I tell all you, like, we could not give a half an hour. Like, we've been going for two hours. It's two hours and five minutes. My longest show ever. <laughs> Dr. Henry, I am so grateful to have you on this show. Thank you for, again for the opportunity. Thank you for agreeing. Thank you for your time. I truly appreciate you. Thank you for all the gems. Some might call it gems. Some might call it pearls. Some might call it diamonds. Thank you for all the knowledge that you, you put on us. Thank you for, you know, for all what you said. Just guys, I want to encourage you. If you have any questions that you were thinking of asking and you, you didn't get an answer and you probably want to shoot her a line, she's, she's one thing with her, she'll respond back. She'll respond back to you. So you just send her, I, I put her, 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 um, her, her, her Facebook up earlier on. Just send her a message, send her to a message, and they'll get back to you. I don't know if she'll have the time to come back on the this live and answer your question, but if she can, she will. If not, reach out and, and she'll definitely try and bless you with more gems. Dr. Henry, thank you again. And oh my God, I am so happy and so excited for you. And I want to wish you all the best in your, in your on your journey. And um, hopefully one of these days when I'm in St. Kitts, I'll you. If not, you know, we'll, we'll see. So you never know. I'll pass. You'll pass at CBJ. You know, you never know. <laughs> you never know, right? It's funny. Yeah. I just, I just finished a project with like a major, like financial company. And even when we were talking, the, me and the other person in it, which we'll talk off, the many other person in it, um, I said, you're good, you're good. That isn't ECCD now. Now he goes, yes, my girl, me and he first that know that. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> because I know that. I was like, I was like, yes, yes. Uh, congratulations again. And thank you. Thanks again for, for blessing us with your presence. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you, JL. If I could just say thank you again, because you have always brought me, I think, on every show that you have somewhere along the way over the years I've been on your platform. But I also just want to thank you and all of the listeners. And I like to give the blessings of numbers, and I just want to pass the blessings of numbers to you and to all those listening to the show. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. May the Lord uncover his face to you and grant you his peace. And may he grant you his wisdom and his gift of discernment as you travel your life's journey. Thank you so much for having me. It was indeed a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. I want to cry, guys. <laughs> Woo, emotional. <laughs> I'm a little emotional today. Don't mind me. Woo. This was amazing, 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 amazing. If you guys caught the entire show, and remember you can share it with someone, tag someone, tag a friend, share it. It's available on Facebook, it's available on YouTube, it's available anywhere, and it will be also available on podcasts that is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It will be available in a, in, in a couple of hours. Thanks to all those of you who tuned in, all those of you who stayed throughout the show. Thanks to Dr. Henry for coming here and really... I, 